Hello and welcome back to the Bomber Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined today by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Alex. You best be frozen. And Wyatt. <laughs> Why? Alex is saying this because we're apparently frozen on his screen and no one else's. <laughs> no. We're good, but he gets to stare at our lovely half-oven mouths the entire time. <laughs> I, I like how complacent you seem with that, Alex. <laughs> I mean, he's it's still really... here, so... Yeah. Right, what, what can I, I can't do anything about this. You know... You know what else is an expression that often indicates surprise is having your mouth partly partway open, and that's the topic of this episode. <laughs> it's games that surprised us. Oh, what a great transition. Uh, we've got some news to get to first, and I'm going to get out of the, the way the big one, the one that makes us all very sad, which is that Lance Reddick has passed away, known for Zavala, as well as a number of other video game roles and traditional acting roles. Very good in everything he's in. Yeah, uh, one of the funniest Eric Andre moments. Oh my yes. god! Oh my god! Yeah. Best you need bit to do in history of that show. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh yeah, absolutely heartbroken. Um, shame too, because he was relatively young for passing away of natural causes, which is just yeah, rough 60 situation. Is, Sixty is far too young. Far too young. At least he gets to go out having been a legendary actor that I think everyone yeah. likes. So. Oh yeah. I've never, I've never met someone that doesn't like Lance Reddick. I don't think they exist. Yeah, like, what would <laughs> you be on? <laughs> like Lance Reddick. What rounds would you have? It's like the Keanu Club. Because listen, even yeah. if he's in a movie or a game you don't like, he always sounds cool. <laughs> so, he does like, his yeah. job. He's always, he's always providing a, a service to it. So. All right. Uh, with that sad news out of the way, let's get to some some more fun stuff. Want to talk about a, a little trademark filing by valve which is counter-strike mm. 2 has appeared as a trademark and has also been data mined within counter-strike go as like being a thing in there which, uh, very interesting to me that i forgot that the current live counter-strike is not numbered counter-strike 2 yeah <laughs> to be honest fin- <laughs> did they finally run out of knife knife skins to sell <laughs> they're, ne- they're never gonna run out of knife skins people no. sell them on their own now yeah it's yeah. it's interesting i'm excited to see what a new counter-strike could mean for the competitive pc games space because we haven't had a lot of new competitive games like that uh aside from like valorant which i think is now like the biggest competitor to counter-strike yeah. so i'd be curious to see how counter-strike 2 does with more competition now and a, um, a sequel like this, I feel like, is such a tricky subject just because, like, CSGO is such an entrenched uh, esports game. Yeah, really so how do you loyal come out... community, too. Oh, very loyal. So, like, how do you come out with a with a sequel where it's like, okay, no, no, play this now, even yeah. though you've, like, set your entire probably career life around playing this yeah. game, there are tons of tournaments for it, now you do this. Like, that's such a difficult thing to uh to tackle in Valve's it's also position. like like a lot of the just the competitive game space has changed since counter-strike global offensive mm-hmm. came out like that that game has a lot of things that i think I mean, people the look rise back and on fall fondly. of battle royales well yeah the rise and fall of battle royales but also yeah. things like things like all chat are not common things to have in games oh. anymore. It's yeah. very strange to play games that are competitive without being able to talk to people outside of like your little squad or whatever. So I wonder what like 
how much of like that stuff will change, let alone like the the more like moment to moment game design stuff. Like what stuff is going to be missing? Yeah, I'm very curious. It could be very weird. Yeah, I have a number of friends that are or have been really into Counter Strike. Most of them have moved on to Tarkov and other games. Uh, so I'm I'm curious if this pulls them back. I wanna I wanna see the numbers, Valve. Show me numbers. All right, let's talk about some other things that have happened this week. Brett, you and I have been following the saga of a little game called Bleak Faith. This is man, uh, has this been a be, wild ride. I'm it's pretty be a sure. Rabbit hole. I'm gonna let you take <laughs> I, take the lead on this one, Brett. Because I'm think pretty you've sure done a Brett bit more digging. has like. I'm pretty sure Brett has like the string up on the wall with a little. I have the, the Pepe Silvia board. I have the Pepe Silvia board. Uh, it's behind the green screen. I have the Pepe Silvia board. Uh, everywhere I look, it's Pepe. It's Pepe all the way down. Um, but okay. So for for a little introduction of the game, because uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking about it more later. Um, uh, Bleak Faith, Forsaken, not Forspoken. Uh, is a game by a three-man uh, dev team somewhere. I don't. I'm. I'm not exactly sure if I don't think they're Russian. I think just somewhere in the Slav zone. Um, Eastern Europe. Eastern yes. Europe. Uh, <laughs> more colloquially known as the the Slav zone. Uh, it's like a. It, it's an open world. A very atmospheric action game. I think calling it a Souls like is is almost diminutive uh, to the game because it just does so many things different and very very weirdly. Um, it's it's been in development for like four years and it has been on my friggin' radar because it has promised so many really cool crazy things and that art style is just friggin' awesome. Uh, and the game came out on uh, March 11th, I think. And immediately faced like a shitload of controversy, uh, and like the like, like the worst kinds of controversy. <laughs> In a very short amount of time. Do so. We'll 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 go down. We'll go down the different theaters of war here, starting with the most, uh, like my my biggest reason why I actually ended up, uh, refunding the game, uh, because I'd spoiler that I did really like the game, but. There were a lot of things coming out that were pretty, you know, uh, like uh, irrefutable <laughs> for the most part. Pieces of evidence that uh, one of the devs uh, was a neo-Nazi. Um, uh, his uh, username on, on Discord was Ubermensch42, which uh, 1942 was not a very good year for planet Earth. And uh, Ubermensch is, yes, a, a term coined by uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, uh, who is one of my favorite philosophers, uh, but also was uh, adopted by the Nazi party in World War II uh, to forward their extremely incorrect and uh, stupid, horrible beliefs that you, could, you, 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 you were born as uh, the better person uh, compared to other races on the planet. Um, which, which I think also should probably go without saying that, uh, given the chance, all of us sitting here right now would probably be happy to punch a neo-Nazi in the face. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's a controversial oh, yeah. statement. I th no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I, I figure we just skip past saying, "Oh, we don't agree with it." No, I think we would all uh, weirdly enough doing that. Until <laughs> oh, my knuckles page. get bloody with, I don't know who's. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, the the second thing. Uh, 
to, to kind of bolster that uh, was that the not like the main logo for the game, but it's kind of like a repeating symbol and like loading screens. And it's the the Twitter profile picture still is a symbol that looks a lot like uh, the the black sun, which is much like the swastika. It used to just be a cultural symbol that just meant whatever it used to mean. That was probably fine. And then the Nazis did the thing they always do uh, to this day and just take that cultural symbol literally just reverse it and use it all the time so that it now means uh horrible things that are bad uh so uh i did some digging because interestingly enough uh this this is uh it was actually very difficult to to find out about even though i think it's like the most important of the three things this game had held against it um and no one was reporting on it it was mostly just like on uh, forums and like subreddits and stuff. So it kind of took a, a bunch of really annoying digging and just like scrolling down through every comment section to see people talk about it so I could learn more about the situation. Um, because what, what it turns out uh, that, you know, if, if you're not a part of a culture that has a symbol in it, you, it's very easy to jump to conclusions about what that means. Um, and uh, so the basically at the end of the day, the guy whose username was a little dicey uh was told this and changed it and in the past is on record in the dev discord uh denouncing any uh like neo-nazi far-right stuff uh which you know uh i'm not going to claim to be an expert but i i talk to a lot of friends that are very into the internet political spaces because i just i do not have the stomach for that i don't want to deal with it that really like it really is a shithole like, <laughs> it's it's horrible but it, it it some people are are like more into it than others and they were like yeah if you're if you're a neo-nazi on the internet like you everybody knows like you know you're not you don't denounce like those beliefs or whatever you don't call other people stupid for being neo-nazi you you agree with and behave like them and the dev who whose name used to be Ubermensch, I think his username is now Uberfaith42, which is that's more related to the game uh, and completely inoffensive as far as I know. Uh, multiple times before this was even brought up in the past, was just like talking about how uh, stupid neo-Nazism is because it came up in conversation uh, because of the the aforementioned symbol, uh, which also, by the way, is. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the black uh, the black sun is used a lot by uh, current uh, Ukrainian fighting forces because we are not allowed to have any good guys in a uh, global conflict. Mm. Um, but uh, that's that's how that kind of got spread around recently. So it's fresh in people's minds. People see the bleak faith logo, which looks a good amount like it, uh, but it looks arguably even. It also more, could just uh, be a cool geometric symbol. Like it doesn't. Well, it's based off of. And I could be pronouncing this wrong. A colovret, colovret, um, which is it's a very similar round uh, symbol meant to denote a spinning wheel, which uh, goes along with the theming of the game because that spinning wheel in like really old Eastern European Slavic uh, culture and mythology is just like the constant churning of time uh, and the aging and changing of everything, which just fits the the vibe of the game. Which, aside from these two examples, also did not have any really overt, like, ah, yes, this game was made by a neo-Nazi. But I, I ended up getting rid of it uh, when all of this was happening, because I just don't, 
I don't think anybody wants to explore uh, a world made by a very bad person like that. Uh, and it, it felt very bad to play with all the drama happening. So that's why I originally got rid of it. But um, basically, at the end of the day, uh, for for this, uh, to me, at least, the, the dev has cleared his charge of being a white supremacist and instead is is just stupid which I'll, I'll i'll take stupid over horrible person any day of the week oh oh yeah because um, i i if it were me if i were in his position you know the wikipedia page for the cull of rat says warning by the anti-defamation league this looks a lot like a neo-nazi <laughs> symbol oh no to to his credit they don't say which neo-Nazi symbol, but I feel like you don't have to be told which one. They're all bad. <laughs> um, like so, so I don't know. And and just to to keep it like that, they they did end up altering the uh, the symbol. The one they have today is the one that it was altered to. Apparently, there was a different looking one. But someday in the future, this is a slight tangent. Someday in the future, we'll do an episode or at least a topic on why everybody's switching to de developer discords instead of forums, is absolutely terrible for keeping up with the development of the you game. Know what? I, I honestly no... think we can do like a little bit of that right now, because it is problematic for this specific situation of like, Genuinely. there's no channel to deny what is happening that isn't your own Discord that only people that want to be there are going to be in mm -hmm. can see. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's you, really you annoying. You yourself. It's it, is it public to join? Yes, but it's less public than just like having it on. It's a also not Google, or a so you're not going to yeah. find information saying like, "Hey, they've responded to this anywhere but by going on the Discord." Like, yeah, it, infuriating. We'll talk about it more on a future episode, but yeah, yeah. It's same problem with like Skyrim modding right now is weird because so many people mm. just go to Discords for things. Which what? is bizarre. I have like a folder of discords in my, my thing of just Skyrim modding servers because if I have a bug, I have to go hunt down whichever server this one mod pack belongs to and figure out who's responsible for it and be like, this is where I found it. It's it's very annoying. so much harder to do than just using the Nexus forums or any other usable thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will also then... say Bleakfaith had the secondary thing of AI art being used... Yes, oh. we have, which this this is the one thing that hasn't uh, been resolved and to, I guess, be less bad. It's not like they have like AI generated textures that the whole entire game is made out of. Yeah, it's like a couple AI of generated. It's, nothing. it's like th there's there's a menu screen where you see your perks that you can select and a little thumbnail images for perks. They're like, it's super obvious that uh, the, the guys just put in like, uh, Zizla Basinski um, paintings and just let an AI kind of go crazy with making its own um, which is like it, it's a little weird uh, but part of me uh, thinks it's a strange version of, of a placeholder uh, I hope it's placeholder the third thing is that uh, the, the game as someone who enjoys it I am fully okay with admitting that the game is is what I would consider unfinished. Uh in that you can complete the game, uh, but there's like you can open up a menu to give you a little tutorial on what a special move is. Uh but the animation for what the special move does that's in the middle just says a video file missing. Ooh. Uh so 
it's a bit oh. that maybe the video files are there and there's just the, the link up to show them there's gone or they just don't exist yet but i you know there's i don't know what uh what uh early access is in their language but steam does have that so boy that <laughs> feels probably... uh boy that feels surprising yeah it's 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 a little strange um but uh y you know what i uh think at the end of the day that it has these problems um but uh boy boy freaking howdy uh were people overreacting about the quality of the game which i i i'm gonna i'm gonna save that for uh the the part where we talk about the games that wowed me unless that's literally going to happen right now hey Brett, oh this is literally going exactly. to happen oh, right wow. now <laughs> oh my god Brett, are you saying the internet no. overreacted overreacted that's not possible oh. And there's one more thing that I did forget that to say, happened, which is which is actually uh, pretty pretty shitty and reveals actually like a huge gaping problem uh, with Epic, which Epic's never had a problem. Ooh, I don't like things ever. that are gaping. Um, well, uh, that's what you the, took the, the thing <laughs> the thing that people reported on the most, uh, which was strangely enough like the least important thing to me personally i guess because i was really focused on the whole neo-nazi issue was uh the the game at a, at, at a glance to to people who are hyper nerds uh used uh animations that are literally one-to-one -one from uh from software games there's some from dark souls 3 and some from elden ring yeah. Uh, the reason this was also like discovered is because the maker of the tool that people use to extract and like change animations in the Souls mm -hmm. games for modding is the tool that these animations came from. Like he one to one put them in with his yes. own animations that he extracted and is like, "Yep, this is the same thing." Yeah, and he he on Twitter was like, "This is not. I I didn't make this tool for this. It's specifically for mods. This isn't my doing. Someone else is using my tool to put them on the story." And so then everyone's like, oh, well, it looks like these devs stole these animations. Uh, but then the devs were like, no, we have links to all the ones that we took. We have a, a record of all of them because they're all purchases from the Epic Store. Yeah. Which is, if you're, if you're three guys making a 3D open world action adventure game, buy some of those assets. That is okay. Yeah. That yeah, is what the Store is used for. <laughs> a bunch of yeah. people were using the excuse that like the devs play, have clearly played these games. They should have noticed that they were gone. Which I think they is maybe a little bit true for some animations. Like I think the the one that stands out to me is the Abyss Watchers animation yeah. that they have is on an an enemy that looks exactly like the Abyss Watchers. Yeah. And just which does which the I attack. have a feeling they were probably like, oh, this looks a lot like the Abyss Watchers. But that's and what I think happened. Cool I think they thought like this is animations inspired by the games and not from the games. Yes. Because if you haven't one to one put them side by side. You're not going to remember the frame data unless you're a no. modder or someone who stares at it for a really long I time. Also, I also feel like that's crazy that they have animations exactly from Elden Ring in the Epic yeah. Store. And, and so well, someone they, ripped they, them and put them up for sale. Uh, <laughs> the devs went to Epic and they asked, like, we have we unknowingly like purchased these animations. We didn't know they were stolen. They were advertised completely differently and they have publicly publicly on their discord the links to the animations in the store that they bought so which they have, have since like, been removed from the epic store they have been and also removed from out. the game yeah um and epic responded basically saying like hey yeah uh, we actually don't check 
anything that's put on our store to see if it's copyrighted or fraudulent by anyone else other than the creator. So sorry, guys, we can't do anything. Oh. Which is really dumb. <laughs> That's really stupid. That's really yeah, bad to have to check. Man, needs yeah. to learn a lesson from my sixth grade math teacher. Sorry <laughs> means making a change. Yeah. Man, uh, imagine you're a you're a three person developer making a giant open world like a, a Souls like. That's hard enough on its own. Then you have to deal with all this stuff on top of that. You're yeah. Just, you're, you're just trying to, to release your game. All this crazy shit's going on. I can't even imagine the amount of stress that puts on. Uh-oh, time like, for stigma. Bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> but to to their credit, they, because like, I, I imagine if you're developing a game, you probably keep track of all the things you purchased to make it. They've God, been, I, so. I, I think like, like at least like two or three updates a week have been coming out since the game came out. Just systematically removing every, not only the animations, every single thing from the Epic Store that they bought, because the devs were like, "We don't, we don't want to risk this again." And in the same message that they they showed what Epic's response was, they were like, "Because of this, just because there's no way for us to know what else has been stolen, we're getting rid of every single thing we put, uh, we pulled from the Epic Store." Which nice. like that has to suck because yeah. you you bought these things to not have to do as much work and now they're having to do more which really blows yeah, like, I mean, that also really, really is awful yeah. yeah but also really really good on them for their uh mm -hmm. what what's what's the word integrity yeah cuz well, the thing is you, you can but before before you go the the final mm -hmm. thing i have to say about this before i pass it on is uh i'm sure you could still like f like find some way to be like Oh well, you don't know if they're just making this up. They could have actually, like, knowingly stolen it and said this. And well, the point is, it doesn't matter because either way, all of them are getting removed from the game anyway. So it it doesn't matter. It's like I would rather err on the it's side gone. of the devs are better than that than mm -hmm. like choose to believe that they're bad people and were are willingly these, uh... like stealing things. Like I I don't think that's the case. Also, yeah. I mean, are these first time developers or are these I'm pretty like... sure? So, so yeah, I feel like. Uh, oh. <laughs> There's a lot of this kind of stuff that for first-time developers you don't always think of the first time around, yeah. especially if it's just three people. And was you stumble through it. Too, like that's that's what game exactly. dev is, is stumbling through it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna say this too. It seems like for the most part, like you said, Brent, they're taking all of the necessary steps. Like they've run mm -hmm. into a lot of stuff since launch, but it seems like for the most part, all of it's being addressed properly. They're going to yeah. all of the all of the right people, they're making all of the right calls and everything, so, you know, good on them. Again, three-person yeah. development team, it's, it's very impressive, not just the product itself, but also how they've been able to react to all of this in such yeah, a genuinely. professional Spe manner. Speaking of, do we know what the three people are? Is it, like, a uh, designer, artist, programmer? Uh, good it... question. I actually don't know. And in, in, in the span of uh, sifting through all this really annoying drama, uh, the team was not talked about almost at all, <laughs> which is really stupid because I've only done research on this part to, to make sure that I morally made a good decision by continuing to play and enjoy the game. I'd like to find out what their composition yeah, is. Yeah, and I, I waited to the for this to get resolved. I, I'm going I'm to look it up, look it up while we're talking, Alex, to, to try and yeah. find out if there's any other information. But uh, oh, yeah, I, I was waiting. Wow. Yeah, self-published <laughs> indie game. Uh, I was waiting to 
play this game because right before I was about to pick it up, all the the neo Nazi accusations were throw it being thrown around. I was like, okay, let's yeah. maybe let the <laughs> anyway, jet school. Um, and yeah, I I am I think I would be feeling fine to pick this up now because mm-hmm. like they're they're doing all everything right in response to this. Aside from it being locked to like, don't just put your responses on Discord. They have a Twitter page. They should use that to like throw some of this stuff. Uh, I think especially the like neo Nazi thing is just just shoot that down like hard shut yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, in the public thing and not just the the Discord, but yeah, but it's, it's it's yeah, it's like you said, Ryan. You stumble through a lot of this stuff, and sometimes, unfortunately, for these guys, it's a little bit more public than others. <laughs> yeah, especially if yeah. there's a language barrier. Like that's also, I think, a a big. Because th- th- these kind of things happen all the time, and it's kind of, it's kind of sometimes a lot of it is just behind the scenes, and like the general public doesn't really know about it. And sometimes, like this, it becomes really, really public. So it just, you know, this happens a lot more. This kind of thing happens a lot more often than you would think. It's just some other companies yeah. are better about keeping it on the down low. Yeah, it's a lot more and, public. And very, very public. Uh, this is this is where the the YouTube thumbnail gets made of, of my face going like. Oh, with like in big yellow impact text with thick black outlines, Asmund Gold wrong. Uh, because the the big publicity that the game got is that Asmund Gold picked it up, uh, and claimed that it sucks. When in reality, uh, I I'm gonna be honest, I think he does because the game is not nearly as problematic. Look, as Asmund Gold says that about every game, and it's part of the bit. <laughs> Just being clear, just the being problem clear, is people. That, some Gold. people that watch them don't know it's a bit. <laughs> yes. Just, just being clear, this is this Asmongold we're talking about is Asmongold the streamer. Yeah, Asmongold, Asmongold the streamer, streamer who hasn't yes. streamed on the main channel Asmongold in many t- year, months and is now streaming on Zachrar. Just to oh. clarify it about Asmongold. Uh, okay. <laughs> weird. Um, I will say one of the perks of, of working on a game is watching Asmongold die to mechanics. <laughs> and yeah i did find some some details about the uh the team uh bluefish was on was a kickstarter game back in i think 2018 i want to say this is is when this happened uh and it's been originally the release date for full release was estimated to be 2020 haha pandemic happened (laughs) so we do a little trolling uh, it also is one of the like Kickstarter games hop, that yeah. only just barely hit its goal. So it was a $30,000 goal. They got 31000 So oh. just barely <laughs> passed it. Wow. Um, which is, I think is cool that it did get made and published. Uh, so the developers I see here are um, the lead developer, artist, and writer. Uh, and sound designer is one of them. And then the second developer is the co-lead who's a programmer. Uh, they also had two composers helping out. So... Yeah. That's the team at this time. It, it likely could have expanded because I don't know if this is reflective of the current yeah. team, but that seems like at least the starting group. Yeah, because usually with with indie teams, it's like there's like a core team, and then they consider like the um like like with like Signalis or uh, the Hollow Knight or something, they consider yeah. like the composers like at their own thing I, th- I, th- I remember seeing that like they took on a, a third guy later in development so it's probably like the two 
original leads that you mentioned, and then they took on some other third guy. The other guy, which I would probably hazard a guess as another programmer or designer, just someone who can do implementation, because it seems like that's where they wouldn't they they would need an extra person. Uh, And Brett, I have a fun thing here that we can do, a fun little game we can play, because they have a list of stretch goals that they didn't hit any of. (laughs) But I want to get your gut reaction to things here, because I actually think uh, there's a few things here that made it into the game, if I've, if I've seen footage correctly. Uh, one, the first stretch goal at $50,000, which was not hit, was Companions. No. Yeah, I feel like that's a, think that's a big call. They have something like that, because you can, you can summon like a guy to help you fight for a little while if you, if you spec into it. So they kind of have not like yeah, a story. I assume they're like not fully guy. voiced companions, which is what no, this claims they would have had. Uh, yeah. Base upgrades. You can upgrade your base visually. Oh. That's a cool idea. That. <laughs> that yeah, that's pretty sick. Uh, the next one is dismemberment, which I think is in the game, right? Ooh. I think so. I want to, for some enemies huh. it is. I, I definitely have seen enemies really get their heads good. lopped off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There is a, a second thing under dismembered is that you can lose limbs and keep fighting, which I don't think that happened, but that's oh, very cool. That would be really <laughs> be funny really cool. and infuriating. Tis but a scratch. That's one of those ideas that sounds fun and that I think you like, would you try like, and be on, like, oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your arm gets lobbed off and you, and you attach like a prosthetic arm. You just pull it out of your backpack and just oh, attach no, no, it. No prosthetic. You just better that'd be dual awesome. wielding. Oh, yeah, you're dual wielding awesome, with one actually. hand. Your backpack is full of just prosthetic limbs. You just... Modular crafting? Does modular crafting make you excited, or are you glad that's not in the game? They they do have crafting, uh, but it's not like it's not like uh, you don't really have to care. It's like oh, I killed a couple guys. Now I have enough things to make more healing potions because guys don't drop healing potions; they drop things to make healing potions. So it's kind of like it's a little bit like Elden Ring, where you don't really have to. Yeah, this is this is suggesting that you would uh, cre- craft your weapons and equipment out of hundreds of individual pieces to create personalized looks. Thank God they didn't do that. That sounds <laughs> like a nightmare. <laughs> Thank God they didn't do that. Uh, then the last goal at $200,000 uh, was a PvP duel arena. Thank God they didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> also sounds like a nightmare. I, I think a lot of people will underestimate God. how awful networking is to add to a game. Did someone yeah. say netcode? <laughs> well, Ed, this is this is prime Slav jank, so I feel like it would just be terrible. <laughs> oh the combat is weird enough. It, people find a way to physics people. everyone in one move? Yeah. Well, <laughs> networking is one thing, but then also making sure that there's some modicum of balance. <laughs> yeah, like any, any balance whatsoever. Ugh. Uh, that's the Bleak Faith train. Uh, aside from all the the news, Brett, have you been enjoying Bleak Faith? So I this is this is I'll I'll start the the games that wowed us uh, train now that the Bleak Faith specific train is over. Uh, this this game did wow me because even though I was I was expecting uh, for it to be really cool, uh, you know when when you learn that it's a three person dev team, I feel like you got to kind of you know reel those expectations in if you if you know what video games are because. It's a it's a big enough undertaking for like a hundred percent dev team to make a really good game, let alone just three guys working off uh, probably a, a budget that got stretched to bare threads because of how much longer the development had to be. Um, but uh, you know when when you start up uh, the game and uh, Ryan, I need, I need to ask you yeah. if you know 
what the the manga it, it's spelled blame exclamation point but it's pronounced i do blame. know of it blame uh i'm just gonna say blame because blom sounds stupid it sounds really uh, dumb, yeah <laughs> uh is a manga that takes place like a gazillion years in the future i wouldn't um, blom you for that yeah uh a gazillion years in the future uh where humanity has progressed so far that it's everyone's basically dead uh, and it's because uh we we decided to solve the overpopulation problem by making nanomachines that just build more structures for people to live in great uh forgot the off switch though so there's ah. just there's there's one structure that covers possibly the entire solar system and keeps growing and it's just solar absolutely cool. horrifying with how bleak it is and how like it is like so beyond cyberpunk that it is just like it's depressing to think about. Uh, and bleak faith makes me think of that because you go oh. through the game world is called uh, the Omni structure, uh, and it's it's it made an excuse for weird uh, Soviet block looking brutalist architecture and uh, sci-fi and fantasy stuff to all be mushed in the same place, which kind of goes with that. The, the wheel of time symbol that I was talking about earlier because things have just gone on for so long that everything seems like it's just mushed together is what I've been able to piece through the, the, the three and a half hours I've played of it. Um, and I just, the, the, the vibes, the vibes are immaculate. Because uh, you're just, you're going through this like crazy uh, open world with like just towers that ascend like way past the 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 view fog that you can see them, and even further down below into the void. There's swimming, there's climbing, there's jumping. Uh, nice. There's little inklings of what appears to be Shadow of the Colossus esque jumping onto the back of large enemies and and stabbing weak points until they die. Is this climbing um, designated points like Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn type yes. stuff, or is it a Breath of the Wild type? Okay. Yeah, because I, I think I think if they had Breath of the Wild type climbing, it would just be a little too much to to wrangle in because it, you a lot of them are like they're not like mountains where it's difficult to climb them. They're like buildings, so there's a lot of things to you could grab onto. Um, but uh, yeah, the the exploration so far has been like incredible where we're just like this looks like a small gap i could slightly fit into and there'll just be like a whole little mini area in there um the the first Very boss cool. i was like oh man i'm having a lot of trouble i guess these guys that were complaining about it in the steam comments are we're right there's an undodgeable attack wait a second there's a jump button that i did <laughs> see that steam review and had a visceral reaction because <laughs> i was like because I, I I wanted to be mad at him, but then I got to that part, and like the attack is like a like a ground slam, and all like the the little pebbles and little wave the that comes out, and, it, and yeah, and you just take damage if you're standing. I was like, shit, this guy's right. I'm I, I don't know what I'm blocking. I tried parrying it because you could parry, and I thought it would be funny to try it. He's got the whole like, oh, okay. AOE is. There's 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 a jump button on the controller that I have mapped to A because people were complaining the controls were bad. Uh, first of all, they weren't, so I don't know what people were on. <laughs> expecting some <laughs> magical control scheme that would let them win everything. Um, and also, yeah, if you well, didn't yeah. like them, every single button is rebindable, and they have, like, the minutia, like, the, the dead zones and stuff in the settings. You, you, you could change them wow. if you cared to play the game for more than 30 minutes. It sounds like a uh, nice bit of accessibility. 
It's it's crazy that you can just oh I don't like the jump button not being a. Wow, you can do that yourself, and it feels fine. Uh, so I did that, and and I I I think like beat the boss on the next attempt. Uh, because I figured out a way to dodge the thing, and I was like, this is great. Not only do I have the feeling of beating a FromSoft boss, which is like that feeling of, of overcoming adversity, I also overcame that one guy and all the idiots that agreed <laughs> with him who are now wrong. <laughs> the biggest boss of all, the Steam comments section. <laughs> exactly. It's it's like the it's like the, the part in Nier where you shoot the, the, the credits <laughs> and you get help by the community, except it's the opposite, and you're hurting the community by winning. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and even afterward, like I, I found the hub area and just like the music that plays around it, and there's there's a weird robot lady that gives you perks because you don't level up, you get like perks, and it's not like, well, there there's some that's like, oh, you get ten percent more health. This is great. And there's just one of the first ones you can get is just automatic vampirism on every single weapon you hold. So you just get health steal, and suddenly the fact that you can only carry two health potions doesn't matter anymore because you just heal when you hit things. Yeah, Brett, this is uh, very important. Please tell me this robot lady is less sexualized than the ones in Atomic Heart. I feel like that's by a very far. Bar. <laughs> I think that's like I, I... <laughs> you will probably I just don't be attracted want it starting to her. a trend. No, yeah, she's not going to be starting any trend. If you were, if you, uh, well, I mean, you might be, because we'll find out later this year. Uh, if, if you end up being attracted to the lady in uh, Mortal Shell, then you will also be attracted to the lady in uh, Bleak Faith. But that's more of a, of a strange masked robot lady thing, and not because they're actually sexualized. Thank you for bringing um, us onto this subject matter, Alex. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really that. glad we're Very having a discussion about it. whether or not you would date the robot waifu. We so. <laughs> so much ground in this episode it's incredible uh, but talking about neo-nazis and now and now we're at sexualized <laughs> robot ladies you know, I, I'm, we've, I'm, we've been talking about dating robot waifus i feel like we gotta shout out doki doki literature club even if none of us have played it yes <laughs> i feel like that's just a, a shout out we gotta fit that's here subject matter is, i think i think robot waifus and ai waifus are, are something different is she ai or is she code that's something that's well, well I don't system know. I shock is coming out later this year so we because, might find out <laughs> because you do also kill her um which i think could be a real mood uh mood, a, a, a bummer of sorts but do um, you you can make choices maybe you can find a way to, to undo it and date wait the sequel is coming out we gotta date alex alex dating is the core of every game if it doesn't have a dating simulator what are you doing it's, it's right. like can you pet the dog but can you, this is that's not a good thing to think about every if you think that about every game you play you might not see somebody i think that's probably without question if you're thinking about that every time a game comes out then you've spent too much time on reddit yeah, yeah you are sure. terminally right. online for sure let's uh let's let's move away from the dating simulator discussion uh, relationships uh, in diablo one never <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to some people <laughs> uh, all right. Oh my god! <laughs> Talk about more games that surprised us. Uh, I'm gonna talk about a weird one. Oh, okay. I got a weird one. That's I think a little quick one, but also a game I think most people forgot about for justifiable reasons, which is Scarlet Nexus. Yes. All right. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. say the word I Scarlet Nexus. I remember hearing about that once or twice. I, you know what? I've been like that. I've been slowly in that game's orbit for a while, kind of looking like I don't know. This looks kind of cool. Yeah, I might check it out. I don't I'm know. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> see, 
So well, I haven't finished the game, oh. not for any like real reason. It's more just I, I there was a bunch of other stuff going on. It did I got far enough in the story. I'd played like twenty hours of it. I was like, I'm good. I I got what I wanted out of this game, but I did really enjoy it because I think it had the first really good implementation of dual sense on the PS5 with like really cool haptic stuff when you're doing like the psych the you have like psychic powers. And telekinesis and whatnot and there was really good feedback for when you're using those and the triggers would do like crazy vibrations to show that you're like powering up pulling something to you really fun uh aside from just the duels and stuff i think the combat surprised me with being legitimately very enjoyable but not like most other things i had played to where it did feel kind of like a character action game but there was more going on with like the the environment because you were using a lot of like calling objects to you and then throwing them at things and doing more telekinetic stuff uh, and the different weapons were very fun to use. So I think it was a, a very fun first sort of launch window game that has been forgotten, but had a lot of good ideas that I haven't seen in other things since. Yeah. And I certainly thought it was going to be bad. <laughs> there you go. You were ready. You had something. Yes, I was ready. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put two in the same spot because they're both in the, the same genre. And so I, I kind of want to talk about both of them. Um, game that surprised me mostly because it's a genre that I had never played before, and now it's a genre that I'm actually quite interested in. Uh, first, Hades, uh, completely because I I had like kind of dabbled in in roguelike type games before, uh, but Hades got me hook, line, and sinker. I was I was in it after the first run. I was like, okay. This is different. <laughs> this this feels this. You're feels seeing why other people are into it, and like understanding. Yes. And but it also I, I didn't expect the narrative hook to be what it was, which is I I loved. I said this before. I love the way that they've incorporated the genre of like souls likes of like dying over and over not souls like roguelikes of like dying over and over and over again, and they've actually like that's part of the story. Souls likes die a bunch of times. <laughs> That was an accurate no, statement. No, but, but, like, but, like, but like the narrative kind of embraces the fact that you die constantly. And you're like, oh, yeah, hey, it's part up? of the story and it pushes it forward. It's it's so funny. It's like you're fighting a boss one minute and then like you know, twenty minutes later you like you like go back to the house of Hades and then that same boss is like, hey, you want a drink? <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's just it's such a casual thing and it was so. I'm real tired so of your dad telling me to beat the crap out of you. You want to grab a, you want to <laughs> grab something to eat. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was super cool. Um, and then the the game keeps. I mean, I mean, I I think I've said this before, but like I played that game for so many hours, and it just introduced a new boss out of nowhere, like a new boss that's going to be incorporated into every run now, which is nuts. Did you piss um, off the shopkeeper? <laughs> no, the shopkeeper and I were on good terms. Um, but then Real the tight. second game in this roguelike journey, I to be honest, when I when I heard about how hard Returnal was going to be, I was like, oh no. I don't think I'm gonna. Not gonna be a white game, you know. I'm, this is not gonna be a white game. Turns out, <laughs> I am part of the 15% of players that's actually finished and beaten wow. the, the full game, and I and I wear that as a source of pride on my chest because I nope out of difficult games so quickly. <laughs> it's not it's not my my cup of tea, but I stuck with it. And to be honest with you, I'm still kind of figuring out why. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good game. It's a tight gameplay. It loop, feels really good say, to play. That might be part of yes, it. Is that the feedback can, is but, really good. But I can say that about a lot of difficult games that I dropped just because it was too difficult for my 
for my taste but this one i think maybe because it was a shooter so maybe it just it just mm. that just kind of clicks in my brain a lot more sometimes the the brain worms just win sometimes yeah. they 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 just get activated by some random thing you can't exactly explain it it just it I, also, like, returnal on. had a lot of tentacles too and you got yeah. past the tentacles I, because I tentacles gross me out, and we I want cover so much ground in one episode. It's no, everyone, everyone goes there whenever we I truly mention are this. Men of the world. This is ridiculous. Every time I mention that I don't like tentacles and I think they're gross, that's all people can can like think of. It's it just it's weird. <laughs> I just I don't like the way they move. No wonder it's this guy doesn't like animation. <laughs> But no, those are two games in a similar genre. Very, very similar reasons as to why I was surprised that I that I like them so much. But it's it's introduced me to a whole new, a whole new uh, type, a whole new structure that I That's that fun. I every every time I see the roguelike tag now, I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> All right, you you had uh, that was your roguelike tangent, Wyatt. Any other things that Alex or Brett has to bring up? I have something that was... So I'm pretty sure we were all insanely pleasantly surprised by Hi-Fi Rush. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, which we, which we, with, we have talked about and we're going being, to continue to talk about. With, with yes. the very nature of it being a shadow drop, less of it being something that we didn't yeah. think we'd enjoy at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but another game somewhat similar to Hi-Fi Rush did that to me previously. Uh, uh, this was one of our Game Pass games. Uh, the w- one that I chose because I thought I wouldn't really be into that sort of thing. Uh, was Hellsinger. Uh, very because uh, yeah, the, the yeah the the only previous rhythm game I played before that was Rhythm Heaven on the DS. Would you know and that's proved... a great bar. That is a very that good a... bar to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but, it, but it proved to me I did not have rhythm. <laughs> That's I, see. I see. Yeah, when, when I play something when it ha- when it has guns in it that I shoot to the rhythm, I suddenly do. Magical. <laughs> and oh, just yeah. I I was I wasn't going into Metal Hell Singer ready to hate it, but I was just like I'm probably I'm probably gonna like the music, but I'm not gonna have a good time with the gameplay with my inability to tap on beat. Um. The game forced me into being able to tap on beat. Nice. <laughs> it you was too enjoyable to not to. Yeah. Well, because part of it, I think part of it with the uh, games like Hi-Fi Rush and Hellsinger that are adapting action games into rhythm games, action games kind of have an inherent rhythm that you get into when you play them, yeah. regardless yeah, of the music. Like, when you get your yeah, out. you learn it's... when to time button presses, and you can then learn either through the music or through regular gameplay. And then I think at that point it'll click and you're like, okay, this is the timing that I should do. Yeah. It's they're far. It's far more of a natural pairing than it would seem on the surface, much like electro swing. It's two things that don't seem like they would go well together <laughs> at all. And then in practice, it actually works much better than you think it does. <laughs> Did you think it would? Yeah. All right. Uh, that's a good set of things. So I want to talk about a few other games that I have on uh, lists here that I think... I don't know if I'm the only one who's played some of these. I feel like some of you have played at least a couple of these. So if I say a name that you've also played, feel free to chime in. Uh, I think first one that was pretty universally surprising is Outer Wilds. Oh. 
from what uh, I've I want to bring up Outer Wilds because I think this game gets a lot of credit. I wouldn't call it underrated. I think it, it gets all the praise that it deserves and deserves yeah. all the praise that it gets. Uh, but it was very surprising at the time because it didn't have a ton of hype around it. It was really just a, a small like student project that had been blown up into this full release. And I think it coming out and having that impact was really special and proving that games can work without progression in the traditional sense and instead being like knowledge based is a really, really good thing to prove. And I'm very excited to see what that team does in the future. Yeah. Do I get to tell my outer wild story again? Absolutely, Alex. You want? <laughs> I sure. Um I have tried to play this game a couple of times. Um well r- really yeah, that that's kind of a that's kind of a I'll so I was I so we downloaded it. I was finally looking forward to we didn't do this for Game Pass at all, did we? No. No. So it, 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 it was less of Game Pass. Pass. Yeah. I, I remember it was on Game Pass when I did download it because that's Same. how I got the access to it, um, <laughs> and that's where the, one of the issues arose. I'm assuming, um, but so I get into the game, yeah, very just, just uh, overall a nice little, very vibey atmosphere going on in the in the base. Air's like, all right, you, the the rocket, the mission. Yet yeah, I I don't remember too much of the plot. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm wandering around the camp talking to my fellow alienoids, um, and I go up to this little tutorial that you can skip. That's a little fun interactive mini game that is flying the the RC ship. Um, that I would learn from other people later is the the mini game for how you fly the actual ship. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty fun. I was messing around with it. I see the geysers in the middle of the camp. I'm just like. I want to fly. I want to fly the the little ship into one of those, and uh, I try a couple of times after getting the hangout. I manage it. It goes down into one of the geysers. It gets shot up so far into the sky by by a blast of water. So I go down to check out what what like the, what the geysers look like more close up because there's some platforms near them, um, and I see down deep down below through you can see pretty far down into one of the geysers they can see all the way down and there's there's a riddle uh, there's a little glowing red light that i needed to find out what was about of course so not knowing the physical the the uh the the physical stats of this alien i jump in not knowing that i just could not breathe underwater at all no (laughs) and i die very quickly um and then it gives me a canonical game over screen (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it doesn't let me restart the game it sounds like an xbox game pass early days so that's uh, that's it that was my one life in the game my adventure is canonically dead which is really funny when you consider how the game is supposed to work with the time loop of you (laughs) not being able to die even even that is uninstalling and reinstalling the game and wiping my data yeah it's really i I will restart it i i would i would wager to say that most people also died in the beginning camp when they're just like experimenting and figuring out the game and including me that did not happen (laughs) did not happen to me (laughs) obviously because i ended up finishing the game 
Did you go uh, down into the geyser? Was there anything in there that you could find out? Uh, you can't without a spacesuit on, uh, because you can't swim or like scan anything because you just don't have any of your tools. Um, but I'm, I'm that that was definitely one of the things. Like, I will come back here later when I am smarter. And then I <laughs> came back there like. 60 hours later because I forgot Ooh. because there's just too much other stuff to do. Oh that game God. is so friggin' good. That game feels like you're like you're like an eight year old and you just ha you just barely understand space, but they gave you a spaceship <laughs> anyway. And the rules are conveniently <laughs> simple enough for you to learn easily and not destroy your imagination of how everything could possibly work. That game that game is like probably one of the greatest games of all time it's really really yeah. good. <laughs> it's great uh i would love for you to play it again at some point alex uh probably oh, yeah. on a console i think would be the right place to pick it up <laughs> so you don't run or, into or steam problems. you know i don't want to trust it i outer wilds is one of those games if something breaks <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> so let's just put it on the platform where things aren't gonna break hopefully uh all right that's our, our first big game. I, now, I also want to mention the sister game to Outer Wilds that is completely unrelated called Outer Worlds. Mm -hmm. If people remember <laughs> Outer Worlds, and I know I do. The, the opinion on Outer Worlds has, I don't know if soured is the right term, but it hasn't held the same regard that a lot of Obsidian games do end up holding, including more modern Obsidian games like Pentiment. So it, it, it wouldn't be my spacer's it. choice. No. <laughs> Which is really funny because the Spacer's Choice edition of the game, that's like the next gen update, which wasn't handled by Obsidian, is not great. <laughs> yeah. It like actively makes the game worse a little bit. I think it did get oh, patched. What? I think it got patched to, to not do that anymore, and it actually is just fine now. But like, what did it make worse? It like had a really weird color filter. The performance was bad. It did a bunch God. of weird changes. But the they, game is they already ugly it, as sin. Uh, to, so to be I... a little bit nicer, but. So I've only played the game through once. Um, yeah. I do plan on going back very soon to do another playthrough um, because I'm I'm itching for for more. Um, but I remember really enjoying my first yeah playthrough like the, the reason I bring this up as a game that surprised me is I don't think Outer Worlds in and of itself is the surprising thing, but rather how much I want more games like it. Yeah. to exist even if they're not amazing like even if i don't have an incredible time i do really enjoy playing that style of game uh like a, just a first person adventure rpg where you actually have a lot of like, character choices to make uh yeah, it's nice and short but it has really branching yeah paths. companions to, to get and stuff like that and it's a reason like fallout 4 i think disappointed a lot of people is it fell short in the the rpg part and outer worlds felt like yeah, it's not necessarily better than Fallout 4, but it had more of what I enjoyed about the past Fallout games, which was nothing to do with the setting or anything, but everything to do with just how particularly 3 and New Vegas were structured and the like options you had. Even if they're fake options, they give you a lot of personality. Because the thing that I loved in Outer Worlds is I played uh, my first playthrough most of the way through on just a regular standard, like, mercenary type character just guns blazing you know classical wanted to play the game so just like i'm just gonna go on the easy build which is probably just guns so i did that uh and then my second game playthrough um i went in with a character with minimum intelligence and i wanted to do like uh, yes. my <laughs> character inspiration was basically andre the giant of being just a gentle giant Aww. kind of thing and the game like catered to that which was really cool 
Uh, and I'm, I was just glad to see a game that had that type of, of decision making, even if it didn't really change my experience very much, just the different dialogue and reactions that could be had with it were really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, again, it's, it's been a while. I think I played it when it first came out, but I just, I, I remember just the, the characters were great. I really liked the, the story. I thought the really like funny kind of um, commentary, like capitalism commentary, was really funny. That was my favorite. Um, it was it was great. Oh, yeah. It was so well handled. Um, and I was also, uh, I thought the combat was fun. I know it's not like you know the best first person shooter combat out there. Like, but there's enough there but, to keep you interested. So, but it was like it was for the type of game it is. It is absolutely acceptable. <laughs> and some of the guns are well, really fun. They have some like really cool. Yes. Oh yeah, guns. those special end game weapons. Like, like there's, there's like a the re- really, I I don't know. I don't remember too much, but I remember feeling like there were pretty decently interesting quests for end game weapons. Like there is an orbital strike laser cannon that you can get. There's yeah, like I've been wanting to go do the hammer. DLC too because I've heard the DLC is actually really good. I heard the first DLC was like only okay, but the second one was really good. Yeah, I heard the oh. first DLC had like one or two really good quests, but it was very short. Is was the complaint that I was hearing a lot, is, about, but I could is, be wrong. The the DLCs that I know of is one of them is like a uh, a Parallel Gorgon and Murder on Eridanos. Ah, got like the murder mystery theming, which I really really love. It's just a oh, very that's fun gonna, theme. That's gonna be an absolutely bomb like bomber quest for for that type of game too yeah yeah love like one of my favorite things in rpgs is murder mystery quests that's my favorite quest in oblivion is the dark brotherhood one for um the 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 dinner party things like that for sure i i do think it's just super interesting especially just having more I think Obsidian is really good at writing quests that even if you're doing very basic things feel fun to do. Mm-hmm. Which to me is the where you want to hit for that type of writing where you like you have to get the content done but you have really really talented writers might as well go for it and try some interesting things. Yeah. And let's also not forget that that game was announced and released at the best possible time that it could have been yeah. announced and released if you remember because it's the build up the 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 wait for this was around the same time period as Fallout 76. Oh. <laughs> this was this wow. was a very like like even if the game isn't like a masterpiece by by people playing it like today or whatever like it was definitely a very like hello we are obsidian how the fuck are you today motherfucker <laughs> like it is barely we are here think, in the industry doing stuff on our own and if you don't it like a, it go play skyrim again dork <laughs> <laughs> well i think I, I i distinctly remember now that i'm thinking about it uh skill ups review of this he's like it, this is the rpg chicken soup it is not it does not have a ton of like thrills in it it doesn't have like a ton of like it's it's not going to be the greatest RPG, but it is exactly what you're looking for. If you played everything else, it's just more of the same, and that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, especially because, like you said, Ryan, we don't get enough of these anymore because Bethesda, for the past couple of years, has not been too interested in making that kind of game. Well, it's so just like it's not just a Bethesda thing. It's a thing of like these first-person games, especially first-person games where you can interact with almost everything, 
are incredibly difficult to make. Uh, they need so, so much optimization and whatnot to even function that, to be honest, I'm surprised many Bethesda games are as, bu as like, relatively minor in the bug department <laughs> as to what they could be. Right? I'm not saying they, they don't have a lot of bugs because they have tons of bugs, but I could see so much worse happening. Um, and it's why things like the Oblivion and Skyrim have the like timed chests. A lot of people never worry about, but your chest will like vanish after a certain amount of time and then reappear to refresh it, so the game's not constantly tracking everything. Otherwise, it breaks. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff on the back end with those games, and it's why we don't get many more. And I'm very excited to see Avowed when we get more of that game. Which oh, yeah. has vanished from the planet. Fingers crossed that means they're hard at work on it. Yeah. Hopefully. Add it to the <laughs> list of, of, of Microsoft exclusives that have just completely evaporated. Poofed into the ether. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to talk about a, a game that I just picked up yesterday, which is these these three know exactly what I'm talking about because I pinged our Discord it. At, for them 3 a.m. a bunch with it. Uh, which is Spaceborn 2. So this is a game that has been picking up a little bit of traction. It's uh, by a single developer, <laughs> just one dude in Burak Dabak, uh, one dude or woman, I don't know, uh, who makes this game. They made Spaceborn 1 a few years ago, at least in 2018, to uh, it's sitting at mostly positive on Steam, which for an indie space game is pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Most genuinely. of them sit at negative. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I have been playing a little bit of Spaceborn 2. It's an early access. It came out in early access in February of this year. Uh, since the entrance of early access, again, almost exactly a month ago, it entered early access. Since then, it has gotten a ton of new content, including like planetary raids and a ton of other weird faction mechanics that God. you can do. Yeah. Right. Like by the way, I will be getting this at some point so we can run on top of a spaceship together. Oh, it's not multiplayer. This is a single player. Uh, yeah, it's a single player. Oh. Game. This is a single player RPG. Uh, this is playing a lot more to my uh, to my. Yeah, PC. this is not like a multiplayer Star Citizen situation. It's a single player RPG. But the whole thing is in this game, you're you're playing essentially a person that starts out on foot on a planet. You have a junky little ship that you can get on, and you explore fully third person on foot. Uh, run to your ship, you get in, it has a really cool taking off in it sequence. There's really good UI, which is astounding to me that the UI, especially for the ship, is just very good. Uh, not necessarily flow-wise, but just it gets the fantasy across of it being like a HUD on the ship. Because there's a thing when you like align with a planet to, to port to and basically warp to, in something like Elite Dangerous, there's a ton of like extra stuff you have to do. Here, you just press the, the thruster button once you're aligned. Well, there's a really cool like spiraling out like targeting eye thing that comes out and then like a line extends that says there's juice there's juice in the animation juice. of the ui to warp to a different area which to me is like how is that in an early access build already it just already looks I, very uh, good with uh and the gets space the traversal ryan this is an unfortunate question that i have to ask yeah What's the likelihood for motion sickness with the space travel? I actually don't think the space travel will, will mess you up. I think the on-foot will mess you up because there's a lot of... Oh, no. Uh, I think the Head thing that off. will get you, you can... You have grav boots. So the way you move around on foot is you have running, like, standard third-person moving and walking and running and shooting. And then you have uh, hover flight with a jetpack, which you are often going in and out of. So you're not going to be, like, in one mode for too long because the hover flight is very fast but you can't shoot while you're doing it. 
So you'll be kind of swapping between the two uh, to get around. And in the hover flight mode, the camera is a little wacky. It does a lot of shaking. You can turn it off, so you might be okay. But yeah, I would definitely check that if you pick it up uh, within the refund window. Check that you have you are able to play it without feeling super motion sick. Um, but yeah, there's tons of cool things in this. It does basically everything that Starfield has claimed it's going to do already in an early access indie yeah. game by one person. Uh, you can seamlessly enter and exit planets. I think there's some trickery behind the scenes of it's not actually like when you enter a planet, you aren't actually entering that relative space point, but it fakes it well enough that I wouldn't, I don't know for certain. I was going to say, but it's still super impressive that it pulls off being yeah, like seamless. It, it pulls off the fantasy, which I think is exactly where it wants to be of when you're entering and exiting, it feels good enough to like so get the no point across. So there are no excuses, Todd. <laughs> no excuses, Todd. Uh, so already In fact, hire this guy. <laughs> He'll probably yeah. be a really big help to your team. <laughs> There's like full dogfighting. There's capital ships you can raid and like fight on. Um, There's station raids. So one of the first like tutorial missions teaches you how to like get out of your ship into your hover suit and jet to like a station, get out, activate your grab boots, and then go murder everyone in the station. Ooh. Okay. It's it's funny that, that I it. it's funny that earlier I had brought up the whole like Fallout seventy six and uh, Outer Worlds yeah. thing is like what if this happens again Starfield comes out complete oh, mess no. and I was oh, like oh God. go check out this Spaceborn two thing it's exactly oh, what man. we're all looking for it's wild oh no I mean the thing is this oh, is no. it's a Euro jank game for sure like there is a lot of jank in this game it's a lot of things are unfinished because it's early access. There's like in the menu screens that, you posted, that don't exist. I, in the screenshot that you posted, I swear to God, I thought I was looking at Master Chief at one of those armor sets. <laughs> yeah, they, I, they're probably unreal assets, uh, I would bet. So I think it, it's just really impressive that it functions at any level. There are dungeons in this game, and they're not very good, but they're going to get better. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what they There's look like Valheim. when they're done. Uh, the the planetary exploration is super cool because you can fly down to a planet, just explore around. You'll find like a random dude in a shack who's been shot by bandits, who then gives you a quest to go kill those bandits in their ha cave after they die. And so you go on the planet, call up a hover bike, and run over to where they are, and then Ooh. murder everyone there. And you have a little hover dungeon. Bike? Yeah, you have a little Stay hover bike. No more. Uh, you run over to them. You have actual companion characters in this game there are actual companion characters that you can manage and have as wingmen when you're flying when you're flying they'll fly with you like i don't understand how this game exists legitimately i fully do not understand <laughs> uh i've played about four hours of it now and it works like that's the astounding thing is that it functions uh it doesn't always function well there's definitely moments where there have been weird things that happen. Right now, if you get uh, interdicted by space pirates, they might be 40 levels above you if the tutorial, because the tutorial sends you to an area that's like super high level for a little bit. But oh. it's right after you would have gotten a bunch of loot, and pirates will raid you based on how much loot you have. Oh, no. And so if you get unlucky and get raided there, they're going to be 40 levels above you, and there is nothing you can do. You will just have to reload the save <laughs> because <laughs> they turn off your warp drive. Even if you run away, it doesn't turn back on, and so you can't oh, flip. Uh, which I assume is a bug, but <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that like does really work. Um, and yeah, it's it's just astounding that it exists. Uh, there's tons of factions you can join. You can join all sorts of guilds that have different types of missions 
where I joined the Mercenaries Guild, and I can go, which is focused on the third-person shooting. So you like fly to a bunch of different planets and go and like steal data to upload also, to competitors and whatnot. Also, another big thing that I'm hoping for that this breaks like the Elder Scrolls mode. This isn't a bad yeah. game, but um, please, please, I don't want to end up the guild leader at the end of the quest. You do start a faction on this, but it's like a, the story premise is this is actually a sequel to Spaceborne 1, which I don't know the story of, but I understand that apparently the, the main character of that is like your parent. Oh, and you're like their their child if you like a couple decades later having to like pick up the rebellion that they had made and oh, you get the cool. option to like reform it and do a bunch of cool missions and like empire building stuff, uh, which I have not gotten anywhere near. But yeah, it's it's just bonkers that it functions. I don't believe this game is real. I don't know what will convince me it's real until I've played much more of it. But I, I just spent twenty bucks on something that might not be real, so I hope it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to know tomorrow. what you think of this game, Brett, because it it really is Eurojanky, but there is a shotgun in it that they give you in the tutorial that I loved so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned said it was that one it has of the, the best, best shotguns. shotguns. It's just a random Which... shotgun that completely incinerates people when you shoot them with it, and it has one of the Good. chunkiest sounds I've ever heard for a shotgun. I'd hope so, because there are, there are like AAA products that I, I strain to call games that have bad shotguns. And there's like, like a bunch of weapon quake. types, too. Like I've picked up rail guns, I've picked up sniper rifles, I've picked up pulse rifles, I've picked up auto rifles, there's all sorts of stuff. A lot of them have like the same weapon model, but they they have like different UI art, so I assume they're making models for them, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I just even the fact that this works was bizarre to me. It just looks, it also looks good. Like that's the other thing. This game looks good in motion, and like you can see the seams and like where it kind of fails when you're doing certain things. Like it's clear the on planet stuff. Uh, you can get some really janky rendering. Like there are big like mega block cities that can spawn on planets that are basically like the planet hubs. Those don't really have anything on them right now. They're just kind of cool architecture. But if you get out of your ship and walk around them, you kind of the the illusion shatters a little bit, and you're like, Ooh. oh, this this is not like a city with infrastructure. This is just a bunch of AIs walking around in a little square. Uh, but stuff on the stations looks incredible. There's they people will get up and like move around them and go interact with things and like sit down and there's a lot of like interactability with the ai there which is really cool so it's yeah super fun i have not been this impressed by a thing in a while i want to caveat that with this is a single person indie production so your expectations yes. need to be at the level of single person indie yes. production so can that I... they can be exceeded <laughs> ryan can yeah. i I already got motion sick just looking at the video of the dogfight. The video, I had to turn down the thing because there's like a pursuit camera mode that is enterable where basically your ship will, if you line up your target right, will start following so you can focus on shooting right instead of you having to oh. also fly at the same time. By base, it like shakes your camera all over the screen. I turned that I would, off. I would like to highlight a, a review for this game, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this review is great. Uh, one guy made this. One guy. If I could step into my underpants <laughs> each morning without losing my balance, I consider that day a win. Juxtapose this That's solo awesome. dev who decided to do Star Citizen completely solo, and they actually did it. It ain't perfect, but compared to me standing victoriously in my underpants, it's a gosh darn miracle. Big thumbs up. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. <laughs> it's just the kind of game where, like, I... 
I don't tend to buy early access games anymore. It's not really a thing that I, I do, because I know if I buy them, I tend to not come back uh, unless they're really good. And this is one of those games that's... I played it in early access because I heard it so good, uh, and it is that good. I'm going to keep coming back to it throughout early access until it's released and play it, because I, I don't want to not play it until it's released. So mm-hmm. I'm having enough fun with it in the base version that I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, same with like Valheim. Uh, Valheim has, was good enough to warrant buying an early access and actually playing, and I'm going to be happy to come back to it when it's done. So, yeah, I was just super satisfied with this um, and very impressed. It right. sounds awesome. Who else wants to, to take a, t- a whack here at a game they found impressive or, or surprised them? And also, we've been saying a lot of positive things. It doesn't have to be positive. We can talk I about only, how surprising only... it was for, that Forspoken was... surprised me one friggin' bit, okay? <laughs> I was surprised uh, that other people were surprised. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I only... I only... I only wrote down positive things. <laughs> uh, That's fine. But yeah, if you got more positive kind of things, a, though, awesome cast. I know. Uh, kind of uh, going on the same uh, road that uh, Wyatt started down earlier. Uh, it was uh, Final Fantasy III. Uh, because before playing Final Fantasy III, the, the, the 3D version that I think you can still buy on Steam, I don't think it was completely replaced by the, the Pixel remaster. Um, but uh, but before that, I thought that all JRPGs were just were just Pokemon, and this came at a time when like Sword and Shield had just come out not too long before it, uh, and uh, I was just like, man, I this turn-based stuff is slow and stupid, and it's already been run to the ground, and nothing's ever been made that's that's interesting with turn-based at all. And let let it let it be known that Final Fantasy three like isn't even one of the good ones. It's like just okay. Like the the characters were given names in the the three D remake. Uh, doesn't mean they have characters because they didn't in the original because it was an NES game, and uh, they just didn't. There's just there's just classes that you could pick. But uh, the game has the job system. So you can make your party member out of whatever like twenty five different classes you want that are all like level upable and and customizable, and you can carry over stuff from them onto uh under leveled versions of other classes to kind of make your own new thing. Uh, and like I I I love that the pixel remasters exist, but part of me just wants I I just want them all to be remade in like low poly chibi like nintendo ds because that's where the the port started was the it's a ds port onto steam uh where because everybody's everybody's just so goddamn cute and small none of none of these characters are threatening because they're all small and round and and dumb looking and adorable uh but all like the the monster models would be like really like awesomely modeled in low poly 3d and stuff uh, I couldn't tell you a single thing about the story today because I don't think it really mattered. It was literally in the era where they were just like, here's the four crystals. Let's get get them and uh, just kill the big green cloud lady at the end before something bad happens. So make sure, uh, I don't know, go do that. Make Good sure it doesn't. Here's an airship. Yeah. 
it was yeah and, and and the airship of course but it was like it like it had that was right when they like mastered the the very basics i think and i think it's like the perfect starter jrpg for someone who is as dumb towards the genre as i was at the time because it's just like it's it's the bare bones just done really really well and there's no really problems with it there's no like gaping uh like holes in the the gameplay or anything it's just everything works it's just very very simple uh, it was also pretty easy for the most part uh but yeah that was that was my my first uh step but the first rung on the ladder of me becoming the horribly annoying person I am today, where the only thing I want the player to talk about is more JRPGs. <laughs> and you can blame it all on Final Fantasy III, the 3D remaster on Steam. So you're, thank you and you're welcome, Square Enix, for putting that game there. I think you could Finally. control like... it all the mouse. <laughs> Square Enix has been really bad at getting these games to platforms where people can actually play them in the past. Yeah. I'm glad they're they're finally getting everything available in ways that are accessible to a lot of people. All right, I'm going to continue the JRPG train, Brett, because I uh, have played really? a JRPG recently that has been very surprising to me because I really didn't like uh, Octopath Traveler. I really didn't like Octopath Traveler. And I picked up Octopath Traveler 2 specifically because Jason Schreier was tweeting out a bunch of things yes. about how good it is. And he was saying it's much better than the first game. Uh, so I picked it up. I picked it up on my PS5 because I also heard it has haptic feedback. And so I want the PS5 oh, feedback. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and it does. It's very fun. It's very good. The thing that really has surprised me with Octopath Traveler 2 is that it's not that different from the first game, but everything just feels a little bit more tuned. Uh, notably, there's a thing you can check in the menu to disable the like big vignette that the first game had around the corners that was like really Thank darkening God. everything. <laughs> you can turn that off, and so it, that to me just made it look so much better. Uh, I think the the cast of characters here was much more interesting, which from the get go is really good because I was a lot more drawn to multiple characters. I was like, who am I gonna play? Uh, and there were a lot of choices and things like I could have seen myself picking any of these characters. Whereas with Octopath Traveler One. I felt like they played so strongly into very specific niches that it was hard to see what was unique about them. Of like, they played really yeah. into really strong archetypes instead of actually being super unique. Uh, whereas Appreciate. here, it feels like things are a lot more interesting. There's also you have more actions you do in the overworld, and they feel more impactful. Of now, every character has two actions: one they do in the day, and one they can do at night. Uh, and you can swap oh. between day and night whenever you want. It's like a you just press the trigger, and it swaps between day and night on the overworld. Uh, and things are different. So there'll be different characters around. There'll be like secret merchants. I found a black market that's only open at night. Uh, and then I went there a couple nights in a row and there were different people there every time. So there was different little NPCs and merchants around to interact with. Uh, the character that I started with is a mage that was accused of killing their family. This is the same one that yep. I watched Wrestle Ryan play through the beginning. Accused of killing because I read that description. And I was like, I need to play this character. There's a How warning you when you pick him, because it's like you will be locked to only this character until chapter two. And I was like, great, good, <laughs> good. It, it better be good. Sell me on and this one character, and it did. It really sold me. I love the idea because your character gets muzzled in the like first five minutes because they're a mage, and they're like, oh, we can't allow you to speak. 
and so they muzzle oh you. And so you're going through the first section of the game, just hearing the inner thoughts of this mage as he's like plotting a way to escape this prison. Uh, and it's super interesting, and it's a really strong thematic start. Uh, and there's like strong character moments. You have a bond with a character in the prison that like helps you break out and then goes out and like has a, a like different attitude of what you should be doing at the end. So you have this like little fight between yourselves. And it's not the like the first game it feels super hero versus villain. This felt more like a character yeah. trying to like figure out what was going on and having oh. to come up with fun things to get out. Uh, and yeah, I was really, really surprised by how good this was. Uh I think the combat gave me access to more fun tools quicker, which felt good. Um, I liked that the, everyone has like a limit break style thing now. So the character yeah. that I was playing, their thing is that they can, their magic is normally like strong AOE magic, but you can focus it with your limit break to be like a super strong single hit for taking down bosses, which was really cool. Uh, yeah, it was very fun. It's The voice acting is way better than the first game, I think. Not to say that the first game had bad voice awesome. acting, but... Everything in this one has felt a lot better. Yeah, I did not like the voice acting in the first game. <laughs> I thought it was very. I didn't annoying. play enough of it to off. know for sure. I played one character who was fine, like nothing great, but like mm. I wouldn't say it was bad. I'd say it was the direction was just very milk toast. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the second game, I felt like there was a personality coming through in every character's voice. Uh, which is really hard to do and very fun. It's, it was also, from what I saw, fully voice acted in the second game. There might have been like one or two side it's characters like that didn't yeah. have it. Wow. They were like talking to a shopkeeper, but I think everyone I talked to had voice acting. I'll have to double check, but it definitely felt like that, even if that wasn't the case, which I think is a good thing. Of like, It felt oh. voice acted enough that I was not thinking about it not being voice acted. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to get the other characters and actually go through the world. And the biggest change, I haven't gotten to this yet, but the thing I'm super glad about, there's party chatter. So your party will Thank have party God. chatter and battle, which is like, <laughs> like such a, a small game. thing. <laughs> but just the idea that your party is acknowledging that there are other party members <laughs> is mm -hmm. really the thing that's, that was my biggest hang up in Octopath 1. I can deal with a lot of narrative dissonance. When you're walking around in a party of characters and not at any point in the first like two thirds of the game does anyone mention the other characters, <laughs> that's it when you lose sucks, me. Dude. It just it's is so, so confusing. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with this one, there there's party chatter and there's also like pair quests of of two characters will have a quest oh, together. So nice. you can like see how these two characters would interact on like a little side story that is actually playing into their their stuff. Which, yeah, is very fun. Um, I'm excited to continue playing. I actually want to keep playing the game. Unlike the first game. Where, like I hit I hit the point in the first <laughs> game where I completed two chapters of a character story and was like, alright, I'm good. Uh, yeah. There were some stories I wanted to finish, but because there were not all of them were engaging to me, I didn't want to have to play through all of them to grind to level up. Exactly. Whereas here, they've all everything I've seen so far has been engaging. I'm about to pick up Throne, I think is how you say her name. Uh, who's the thief yeah, character in this one uh, and I've heard her story is good so I'm excited to play through that and the great thing about I think the character I picked is that you don't have time pressure as your starting mm -hmm. thing so it doesn't feel like you need to immediately do a thing because his like big deal is he, he just wants revenge on the person that threw him in jail but he has to get strong again after being in prison for years so you have a, a reason to believe like he's not going to rush to do something so yeah, I just thought that this game was handled really well, and it felt like it took a lot of lessons from the first game, 
but is still playing up the Octopath Traveler aspect of it being like eight characters with separate stories. Uh, and there's confirmation they come together at the end into like a cool final confrontation, which the first game also had. Uh, so I'm excited to get there. It's felt a lot more to me like one of the classic Saga games, which I think were yeah. a much better way to do the Octopath Traveler thing in the past of like just having different playable characters that you can pick one by one. Uh, and I think that has worked really well. So I've been thoroughly surprised by Traveler 2 uh, and how good it looks because the PS5 and PC versions have like really good shadows over all the stuff that the Switch version doesn't. And it looks very good. Yeah, they've they've toned down the blooms so you can actually look at the screen too, which is very nice. <laughs> yeah, the bloom's still there, but this time it feels less like yeah. eye Vaseline and more like an aesthetic choice. <laughs> my my big Vaseline. thing. My big thing with the visuals was how like dull the color palette was. Yeah, it's very brown in the original. I don't have they yeah. have they addressed that. I chose I a character that starts in a prison that is covered in snow. So, <laughs> but I will say that did mean there were really, they had like really bright and poppy fires around that like yeah. had, were casting light everywhere that was bright and not like muted. It was very bright orange firelight. So I, I think it's been better. Uh, I did get, get to like a forest area afterwards of that prison segment and the forest area looked really good. It was like forest with ruins and it was very green and bright and not uh, muddy. Like the like Octopath One tended to be. Mm -hmm. Also, the magic looks really good. Like they they do some really cool stuff with the camera will like pan and rotate now when you use powerful magic and like do it with your big, uh, your thing where you can like charge up if you don't. You get like an extra point every turn. You can expend them to do more powerful stuff. And when you do now, the camera will like swing behind your character and show them from the back doing the cool move, oh. which looks really good. Yeah, it it looks super cool. It was very surprising. All right. Who wants to, to take a hack at something? Uh, I got one. Um, so this is a little, um, a very, like, sort of double-A budget uh, release, but from a big publisher that we've all heard of. Um, but Call of Juarez Gunslinger uh, is awesome. And if you haven't played it before... Go play it. I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was like, oh, it's this little arcadey kind of like cowboy first person shooter. Okay, I don't, I don't we'll, we'll see. Uh, no, this game has tons of style and and personality, and the the gunplay feels great. It's it's got all these fun little wacky scenarios for you, for you, and like it's it's got this great like um. What'd you say it was called again? Who uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger? Call of Juarez. Yeah. Great game. Um, great, great game. Um, and again, it's, it's this little. Yeah, it's and it's I and I say it's surprising because it's this very like unassuming little package, right? Like there's no like crazy multiplayer or anything like that. It's from Ubisoft or um, developed by Ubisoft. I, th I think one of their um, yeah. teams, and it's just it's very un Ubisoft. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not this crazy big open world. It's a really tight, really focused like <clears throat> like Ooh, that looks awesome. like some fun gunplay not ubisoft hold on i'm getting all of this mixed around oh my god i'm very wrong it's a uh, deep oh, shit. <laughs> deep silver hold on yes thank you um but it's just this it's this tight little arcade shooter and it has a lot it, it doesn't last too long but the, you know those those few hours as it that it does last is just 
fantastic. Yeah, I, I had a great time with yeah. that game too when I played it. Uh, it surprisingly runs incredibly well on Steam Deck and is a very fun Steam Deck nice. first-person shooter. I think those similar games are right. This absolutely looks like if Borderlands was only Old West guns. Which I will say, this is part oh. of a this is part of a series, and it the series does not normally have this like cartoony look to it. This is the only. This was like an experimental game. Adopted that, yeah, yeah, and it was it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. All right, uh, if anyone else has something, speak now or hold your peace, because I have a second segment for us to go into. Unless you want to bring something else up, I have one more thing. Go for and, it. And uh, it's going to be, I don't possibly controversial, um, but that should that should surprise no one. What are we like a hundred fifty million episodes in the podcast <laughs> by this point? Um, I think this <clears> is one one fifty actually. So oh my, what? Cool. Pull out your... <laughs> there we go. All right, one hundred fifty or one forty nine. <laughs> um, well, close enough, I guess. Uh, Halo Reach, Forge World. Uh, because when I was when the game came out, I mean, when I, we all were younger, uh, I, I think Forge World was like the coolest thing ever. And to this day, I think it is the best Forge that Halo has had because, you know, Halo 4 and 5 might have had a lot more like, oh, well, the the shapes that you make actually cast real-time shadows and you can make them different colors instead of just gray. Uh, but now there's so many options by the time you've gotten to infinite we're like yeah you could just make like an arby's like one to one make your local arby's it's, it's and have that be a, a full game match. engine at this point exactly like, but it's a it's just you're using yeah. like blender now and yeah. it is simply too much for me to handle cuz i don't really i don't care about remaking my local walmart one to one or like making like a, <laughs> a, a thing from like odst one to one or something like, I, I just want to make something that, like, like there, there's just some charm that, like, when, when you're, like, 14 or whatever, and you just make the closest thing you can to a Gundam, it's like building with Legos. You can't get it 100% perfect, but you can still tell what it is, and there's that kind of charm to it. And, like, oh, well, all the, all the pieces have to be hollow because the way I made it, so I built a bunch of man cannons up inside it so you could go up the thing and launch out the top or whatever. Um, and now it's like you could probably just make it one-to-one like, a, like exactly like a 3D model with a million pieces in it, um, which is is great for people that have, uh, you know, all that time. But I I think there was just some magic in Halo Reach Forge World that was the just the perfect balance of simplicity and possibility to do cool things. Where yeah. I, I I think it's still unmatched to this day. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it was great at getting people who wouldn't normally use that type of thing to use it because it Definitely. was deceptively simple. Yeah. And it was really fun that you could do it in multiplayer, even in couch co-op, and like yes. be able to quick swap to playing from editing so you could do fun things like messing around with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that was just very fun back in the day to like play co-op forge mode stuff and like build weird mini games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that was controversial at all, Brett. I mean, it's a very well-remembered mode. Uh, That's what we call and I would say take. Halo Infinite also looks very fun. Halo Halo Infinite, uh, you can do some truly incredible things it's with crazy. that. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried, I was using it for about 15 minutes, 
And then I was starting to get uh, Vietnam flashbacks to uh, too close to, to a real game engine. Yeah. And it was it was yeah. a little too close to home. And I was like, I have to stop because this That's is giving me bad memories, which is not. Listen, to be clear, I don't really blame Infinite Forge for that or or 343 for that because they that's what they want to do and they've done it really well. That's more of just a personal thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, wow, this is this is too much for someone with my history and the experiences that I've had. But I mean, I we've seen some truly I mean, people have remade Mario Kart <laughs> with yeah. Halo Infinite Forge, which is pretty cool. And like a like a decently made Mario Kart map at that. It's you can, it's pretty you can interesting. Make, you can make high quality maps for the dev team so that they can pretend to release content faster. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to move us on to a, a second thing, which is I want to gauge the excitement for, and more importantly, I want to gauge if you think any games coming out this year are going to surprise you, either positively or negatively. Like, is there a game that you think will be good, but you have like a little niggling feeling in the back of your mind? It's like, oh, I don't like that. Or is there a game that you think has a chance of being good that everyone's ragged on? Uh, let's start with, I think, the I... big one. Oh, go for it, Alex. You, oh, you got what, something. what's the... All right. Um, I'll talk about the big one I, a little bit, then. I am very, very hopeful for Flintlock. Um, I, I, mm, I have a pretty good a feeling good that the, that the yeah. gameplay is at least going to be solid, uh, but there, there is like the, the nagging feeling in the back of my head that everything about it is just going to be adequate and the story is going to be sort of forgettable. Because we haven't seen a lot of it still. I feel like we only have that first yeah. like showing to go off of, unless they've had more on a developer Discord or something. Not that we would know. Uh, but I don't know. It is worrying, I agree. But it also looked really cool, so I hope that they're just, they're just cooking. Yeah. And I'm willing to let them cook. Yeah, and that team's put some good stuff out before, so I'm not super concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, or at least the publishers put out some fun stuff, but... I am I'm very curious to see how Fun Luck plays, because I think if it plays well, I'm going to be super into this game. Oh, absolutely. All like, right. I usually have like a game budget where it's, okay, we do the game pass, I have my Destiny addiction, and then I buy like one <laughs> like, What do you have the year. time for yeah, <laughs> yeah. to do? Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good pick. Uh, the big one for me is Tears of the Kingdom. Because I in a good or a bad way. Both, both. Because I think Tears of the Kingdom is not going to be. I don't think there's a chance that Tears of the Kingdom is bad. Like I, I think there's a zero percent. Like this game's bad. Uh, no way. I do think there is a significant chance that this game is just Breath of the Wild again, mm -hmm. and that would yeah. be disappointing to me. Um, largely because I think Breath of the Wild was really, really good, but uh, could really use a few more things. Like it, it needs something in the way of progression that feels a little bit more permanent uh in terms of like gear or something that just means when i get to the end of like a long thing or like climb the tallest mountain and i find the cool sword i don't immediately go put it in my house and never touch it again because i don't want to yeah. ever have to go yeah. do that a second time yeah. you don't want to uh, break it i think it. that's the the problem that needs to be solved more so than even like the dungeon thing like if they can make it so that i feel excited about these weapons and whatnot instead of wanting to just toss them and never worry about it i i would be very happy and i hope they do i really hope that's the thing that they have found a solution for but the back of my mind is like they haven't teased it 
to be fair, they haven't teased much at all. So I, I yeah. don't... I don't think that's a bad sign that they haven't shown it because Nintendo is not typically a show all their cards before release developer. Um, but there's a little, little, little sense. My spidey sense in the back of my head is going. They may not fix that. They may not adjust that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be sad if it, yeah. if it doesn't get adjusted. Because uh, that I think that single handedly takes like a full point away from my like. If I were to rate it on a ten score of like my enjoyment, I think that takes a full point away on the on the list. That's that's what'll keep it from being a ten for me if it <laughs> doesn't fix that problem. So I really hope it does. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like I feel like if the game was coming out like even just a year ago, I feel like the chances of that happening would be like multiplied by ten million. Yes. Because like only only recently has it become cool to start hating on Breath of the Wild, where like when it first came out, it was just like joseph anderson and me and nobody else oh you're about to uh, say you did it before it was cool because well i that's not what i was getting at uh but i i guess now now i'm a hipster uh but but now like because it with any game that like comes out and everyone's like fawning over it it's really hard to look at the negatives for it um and like right when breath of the wild came out it was just like oh this is the masterpiece this is a perfect game like okay look there's this little group of people over here talking about how the the non uh big boss man dungeons are all the same and they're all like bad or whatever like push them over to the side this doesn't matter weapon durability poof, i'm just gonna keep playing the game for 500 more hours um but uh it's been a long enough time now where and this happens with like every game that's that was a masterpiece when it came out where people are more willing to be like ah yes now that i've gotten back to play it after not playing it for two or three years I can now see that this is a lot more annoying than i remember this being and weapon durability is yeah. really annoying and stupid uh, and all these other things are not that great. So I feel like there's there's a higher chance that more time has passed that those things will will be fixed. But I do know what you mean in that they could still be riding the high of like, oh, well, we just we totally just made the perfect game. So we just have to do the same thing again and not really change all that much. It'll still be perfect, which has been a mistake that devs have made in the past and not learned from at all. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I think... For me, it's less of a, this is a universally bad mechanic, but to me, that's a mechanic that works once. And it's whenever I replay Breath of the Wild, it's the one thing that I don't enjoy. Uh, and I think that's really going to be the problem of now even people that haven't replayed the game a bunch are going to be dealing with it again, and I don't know if that's a thing that people are going to be into. Uh, I could be wrong. I also think... A, a, like the fix for me could be as simple as just doubling the durability of almost everything, just making it less bad, so I don't feel like I'm using it against one enemy and it's gone. Uh, I don't think it needs to be a system of like you always have these things. Maybe like certain weapons, like your pinnacle weapons, you get from cool stuff, uh, doing like a cool dungeon or something, or a cool like climbing the top of the mountain and and doing whatever, or flying to this weird island at the edge of the the flyable space. And getting doing like a challenge to get this cool sword, if those would like break but not actually break, so you could go repair them somewhere, I'd be fine with that too. I just want a way for it to not be ethereal. Like, let me use the cool thing, even if it breaks, let me reacquire it without having to go do the whole thing that I did the first time again. I think I would be into that. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other. Thoughts on, on Tears of the Kingdom before we move on? Nope. Oh, All right. Tears of the Kingdom. 
<laughs> just tears of the kingdom, you know? You're, are you crying for the kingdom? <laughs> Single lone tear dripping down Alex's face. Uh, all right. Wyatt. Yes. There's a Star Wars game coming out this year. I just wanted to talk about that, actually. Um, because I... So, Jedi Survivor, it's one of my fantasy critic games. So, you know, always hope it does well. Respawn, always hope they do well. Um, Star Wars, always hope it does well. Often doesn't, but, you know, that's just the way of things oh. these days. Um, my my big worry, and I worry... I, I feel like I, I always kind of notice this with studios that are in Respawn's position. Respawn's working on a lot of projects right now. There's a... There's a lot going on over there at the moment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, most, if not all, hands are on deck for Jedi Survivor. But anytime, I mean, I, I feel like um, um, wow, I just had another yeah, just studio. fully lost it. Wow, okay. Hey, who made that game we were just talking about? Uh, Outer Worlds. Who, Obsidian. Who that Obsidian. Yeah. Thank you. I always get them in Paradox confused for some reason. I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, they're working on a lot of projects as well. Crusader Kings. And I feel like Fallout I feel like I always exactly. Um, I always feel like I get very concerned when it appears to me like a, a studio is really spreading itself thin, especially a studio that's spreading itself thin is under the the. Uh, the reign of EA. It always mm. is just very makes me very, very nervous. Um, yeah. I mean, everything we've seen about it so far, it looks good. Um, but you just, it's EA. You just, you never know. When's the you last time they've when, done when they're going to get their. You feel like there's just a little like EA warning flare going off in your every, head. Yeah. Every yeah. game that's connected to EA, unless it's part of their what's it their like originals program or their like indie yeah. program, I forget what it's called. Original that where they just they just give the developer money and back the hell off. <laughs> um, so you know those are usually fine, but anything EA proper, I just there's always a constant little red light there's that that like classic kind of like alarm sound from um star wars the yeah the klaxons thank you um yeah and again respawn they haven't missed i think apex at least started off good yeah it doesn't count as a miss yeah for sure (laughs) Um, apex was a hit and i think the community has since soured to the point that fell off (laughs) it's uh, falling off but doesn't take away from the achievement that was. will save it now. But I, I mean, Respawn has an incredible track record, um, mm-hmm. honestly, and so I have all the faith in them in the world. But but again, it's like it's a studio that's spread thin. It's under EA's reign. I just, you just don't know. I mean, and and yeah. again, everything we've seen gameplay wise, there's nothing. It's it's not like a Suicide Squad situation where it's just alarm bells all yeah. over the place. What is happening? Oh God! There's what have no, you done? There's no like huge warning signs, but at the same time, like I haven't, because even like the first game, like I haven't seen anything that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna be floored by either of these games. Like, oh, this is gonna be a, a solid Star Wars lightsaber action game, which is yeah. fine. But you know, how many times can you do that before uh, one of them gets? made as dead space 3 and goodbye respawn oh 
<laughs> it's it's uh, and, and I, I will know. say too one thing that does help is respawn has a has a good track record of telling ea to fuck off when, when they're trying yeah. to work on something i know when they're working when they were working on apex they're like listen guys you're making a st- you're making a studio that's known for one thing having them make something completely different in a genre that has a lot of skepticism surrounding it yeah. and it's free to play back leave off us yeah. alone. <laughs> leave us alone let us do our thing. Vince doesn't really take a lot of shit from people. Let's just kind of hire anyone who ha- who has the ability to tell that to EA. Oh, I, yeah. I love the story when Titanfall Two came out, wasn't selling very well. Vince was at some uh, some game show, something or other, and he was sitting with some you know EA executive, and someone was like, "So." Titanfall 2 hasn't been selling very well. What's the future of the franchise? And then Vincent Pella was about to answer, and then the executive's like, well, we're very invested in the future of Titanfall. We have big plans for da-da-da-da-da. Titanfall is part of our company's DNA. That's why we're shutting it down. Exactly. And then at at the end of that tirade, Vince just goes, so yeah... Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, which which is a direct quote. He said that like on interview. Yeah. Like that's incredible. <laughs> which is which is great. So listen, anything anything that Vince is looking over, hopefully he can he can guard them. He can keep them away from the mm-hmm. evil forces of of electronic arts. But uh, you just never know. You just never know. Sad reality. Hey, that that's why my. <laughs> I'll, I'll no that that's not for the podcast. I love that you've caught yourself, Alex. I'm glad. Whatever was about to be said is not. I don't know if you were going to bring up anything else, Ryan, but that's my primary concern. Yeah, no, I I think I'm with you on that. I feel like I don't have any doubt that Respawn can make a good Star Wars game now. Like I'm I'm convinced that the, this game will be good, and I'm actually they've shown stuff like dismemberment against human enemies now, like things that make it feel way more Star Warsy to me. So I'm I'm very excited, but I always just have that little feeling of, hey, there's a chance something is weird here. Um, yeah, and I I think for me the primary concern would be that there's for some reason not going to be because I think they've said they wanted this to be a trilogy. My concern would be that th- this is the last game. Oh. And that EA is like going to make a strange decision to cut it off and put respawn on something else and do something just yeah. super weird. And that's a very realistically of you because I think that's so a realistic thing that I could see happening, um, yeah. which the I think only, would be really dumb if it does. But who yeah. knows? The only other uh, potential issue that I see right now is that I don't think it's fully open world because there still are different planets. It's in like open but regions, but not a world. But they're they're embracing more open ended design, which I think could work quite well for this series, but. There's always growing pains when you make that kind of transition, yeah. and Respawn hasn't really made a game like that before, which means there's even more growing pains involved. <laughs> so, for sure, hopefully that's a smooth transition and it works really, really well. Um, but again, you just you just don't know. All right, I have one last game to bring up, and this is actually a positive uh, surprise to me. That I'm 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 hoping this is going to be a positive surprise, which is Redfall. Mm-hmm. I think Redfall That's... we've consistently seen, and this, this a lot of attitude around Redfall in the general like games journalism space is very middling. I would say like a lot of people just don't feel convinced by it, uh, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that sentiment in that I don't think they've shown anything groundbreaking. No. But I am just really down for a co-op immersive semi 
action looter type deal if that's what this is because it's that, vampires yeah with vampires and that to me seems like what this is uh because i i wasn't super excited for the co-op in redfall until i realized like i have a i know a lot of people that would be very down to play a game like this even if they don't know about it like you why but i also know like we have all the all the some a bunch of friends of ours are playing hunt showdown are really into hunt showdown right now and I feel like this aesthetic is would be very appealing to them as well. So I think we would not have an issue getting like a full group for this. Oh, yeah. uh, and it being on Game Pass just helps with that. And that to me has made me a little bit more excited of, yeah, I think I could actually see myself playing a lot of co-op in this more than other co-op-y games. I think especially because uh, like I really enjoy games like Back for Blood for a little while. But my problem is always I hit the point of just not really caring because it's not much else to do like you're just replaying the same missions over and over again with slightly different modifiers and i just kind of hit the point of just not really being that interested main, in what's going on the main draw are the cards and i think yeah. i feel like after a while like because it, it really grabs you in the beginning but then after a while you're like okay this card kind once of it sets in that you're just getting one. the cards to do the same missions over and over again i it loses me. Like, I don't want to do the card grind to just play the same stuff again on oh, higher difficulties. Uh, whereas I think with Redfall, I'm just hoping it has enough there, enough meat on its bones to be like, there's a lot to do. Uh, and th from what the like little perk tr trees they had looked like, I think there actually will be a lot of different abilities here, a lot of different ways to play characters. So I'm excited to see this come out and get a chance to like try it out. Because, uh, like, a big thing that stood out to me is earlier today, um, Wyatt and I were playing the Diablo 4 beta, and we had a moment where just randomly Wyatt had, like, charged a group of enemies into a poison trap that I'd thrown down. I was like, that's really cool. Ooh. I can't wait to see how much of that type of thing Arcane is doing, because you know that's the type of thing they would 100% be focusing on. So yeah. I think that seems like a really fun thing. Well, especially um, considering the, the different abilities that we've seen. There's been some really yeah. cool-looking abilities so far. Like, I'm imagining, like, the character with stealth maybe lures enemies into the, the lightning rod that the other character has, and then you can, like, stealth out. I think that it's just lots of fun potential interactions there. And I think that's really going to make the game shine, as long as the oh, tuning yeah. is right. So, I, I'm very... And now, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm very optimistic about Redfall. I think this is going to be filling a, a void in terms of co-op-y, not super hardcore games. And and Arcane, another studio with like a really, really solid track record. Yeah. It's like I, I even enjoyed... Uh, I've enjoyed every game that Arcane has put out, even, if, even the ones that people have not necessarily loved. So I'm very into whatever they're going to do next. All right. Well, for me, that's everything. Unless someone else has something they want to bring up last minute, I'll take us straight to shoutouts. They were good. That means shoutouts. Shoutout We're, time. Shoutout something. Who wants to shout out? I'll I'll shout out something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a scream of of a uh, surprise of surprisedness when I found out that you're not supposed to put ceramic Dutch ovens on the stovetop. And they can temperature shock and crack in half with a loud bang. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good on theme surprise one. Alright, uh, I'll shout out next. Uh, I've been playing a little game called Gigabash. Which is just a, like a big kaiju fighting game. Where it's like Ooh. a... I, fighting game is maybe a generous term for it. It's more of like a anything, brawler. 
Is this anything like the the crab giant crab fighting game? Alex, I want to play this game with you. That is why I bought it. Is I want to play this game with you because I think you would enjoy it. Um, it's the big <laughs> thing is you're like destroying the arena as you're playing. It's like top oh, yes. down and you're like doing super moves <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it it feels very. I think Power Stone is probably the closest thing. I don't know if anyone else here knows what Power Stone is. <laughs> Why does it sound familiar? It's it's a really old fighting game that was like the top down, the era of like games like Shrek Two, <laughs> where they were top down fighters, uh, where you'd run around with your abilities. It, it's that type of game. Um, and yeah, I've been having a really good time with it. I was really skeptical at first because it seems very simple, but there's a lot of different play like interactive things that end up happening uh with how the game is structured so i've been having a lot of fun with it um yeah i'm excited to try it out it also has godzilla in it like actual godzilla which is great oh, so good yeah. licensed godzilla? <laughs> yeah licensed godzilla there's licensed Ooh. godzilla as well as uh Ghidorah, um it looks like an ultraman type godzilla. person yeah there's an uh, ultraman ripoff so yeah there's a bunch of stuff yeah, I I, I think you would get a kick out of this game, though. Alex. Uh, oh, very absolutely! Fun. I love that destruction. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, so my my girlfriend and I have been uh, binging through uh, Batman the Animated Series, uh, which has been a, a lovely, lovely uh, oh, return to my childhood. And I would like to shout out, by far the best episode in the entire show, Almost Got Him, which if you don't know is an episode where Joker, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, Penguin <laughs> are all playing poker in this, like, seedy, <laughs> underground, like, little poker club. And they're all swapping stories about uh, who came the closest to killing Batman. It is the best Ooh. setup for a Batman episode I have ever seen. And I want to shout out that episode, but a specific moment where everyone's swapping stories... There's like there's like flashbacks and everything, and then Croc just smashes his hand on the table. He's like, "It's my turn. I haven't told my story yet." He's like, "There I was, held up in some quarry when Batman showed up out of nowhere." And then they're like, "Well, what did you do next?" And he was like, "I threw a rock at him." And there's just this slow pan across the rest of the table, and everyone's like, <laughs> "Wait, I need you to send me the scene so I can watch it." <laughs> like, so Harvey. And so there's this long silence, and all of a sudden, Ivy's like. So Harley, how'd you get your how'd you get your uh, your coin back? Or there's oh my god, there's a great moment where um because in the show uh, Poison Ivy and Harvey Dent uh, used to date before Harvey Dent became Two Face, and um he's like part of me part of me wants to strangle you. What does the other part want to do? Wants to hit you with a truck. <laughs> and she's like we used to. And she's like we used to date. <laughs> cool. It's such a good episode. Oh my god, fantastic. It's good. All right, wrap uh, this out, Brett. Shout out um, to uh, Evanescence because I went to a Muse concert the other night where Evanescence opened. I had only ever heard what? Bring Me to Life, the, the meme song. Uh, <laughs> and I, I have to tell you that screaming save me at the top of your lungs in a crowd of like a million people is a religious experience. And I am, now, like it. I am now hooked. <laughs> it was awesome, and my feet still hurt, and my ears are still ringing. Uh, so that, which is both good signs that the show was a good one. Uh, so there you go. Hmm. Pretty great. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. 
We'll be back next week, as always, playing, uh, talking about games that we've played, fun stuff. We got a Hi-Fi Rush Games Club will be coming up soon. Uh, we're doing an Arkham Asylum Games Club at some point soon. A lot of a lot of wheels spinning right now to get some fun stuff happening. Also, we all be, are going to be playing Anthem. That video is going to be up on April fourth. Oh. <laughs> or April first, not April fourth. I don't know what I'm talking about. April first, April Fool's Day because it's Anthem. 